0: it is the year 2040 and only a handful of people around the world have survived due to poisoned skies and seas. Uncle Robbie, played by Ian Abercrombie, gathers the kids around a campfire to regale them with stories about what life used to be like traveling the world as a professional surfer. Screenplay by Scott Dittrich, directed by Scott Dittrich, and released on June 4th, 1991. I know you haven't seen this movie before. No, I haven't. Cuz there's very little information yeah <laughs> to be found on on this. It's worth noting we'll mention it at the get, again at the end, but it's available on the Surf network, which is available through Amazon Prime as like a free trial. But to emphasize how much misinformation there is online or just how little information there is online about this, this movie is mislabeled as being from 1983 on that service. So like even the, you know, its own service, the surf network itself is mislabeling it on Amazon. The release date that we have for this June 4th came from a poster image that we found online because IMDB does not have that information. And so we were able to find some sort of promotional poster image online that lists all kinds of different premiere tour dates across the California coast and the earliest one that we could find on that poster was June 4th, so that's what we're going with. So it actually could have been earlier than June 4th, but it is 1991, not 1983. There is no 1983 Rolling Thunder as far as I know, Uh, so yeah. (laughs) But it's really strange that there isn't that much information because it seems like for people who are into like extreme sports or the serving community, that this should be more well-known, that this should have more of an audience or cult following or something.
1: Right. And I think maybe now it does? I don't know. I mean, they have They're it not on...
0: transporting that love and knowledge online yet.
1: They have it on, you know, Amazon Prime.
0: Yeah, but with the wrong year. <laughs>
1: Unless it was just, like, I don't know. I was trying to find stuff about this movie and there was like, it was very hard to find. It's like, did they just make it for the surfing community only?
0: That has to be the core audience. When, when I worked at video stores, there was occasionally movies that would come out uh, that were geared towards that community usually by warren miller i'm not sure if you've heard that name before
1: no
0: he plastered his name all over a sort of you know uh, surfing and snowboarding and extreme sports types of videos and he's a big name director in that field and you know they would get rented out relatively often uh, mm-hmm. back at that store but you know it caters to a specific audience and it's they don't tried to shoehorn a story into most of those it's really just showcasing how good these professionals are letting them perform tricks and stunts and you know maybe have like a section of bales and you know falls and stuff like that but i think that's sort of what they're going for here except they added in this stupid story about a post-apocalyptic future to use as like chapter breaks For the various music videos that ended up being whatever the movie is, (laughs) so what I think is also really interesting and why this doesn't have more information about it is because of that soundtrack. So you know, like I just said, it's mostly music videos in a sense because each segment has its own song attached to it, and then once the songs end, they go back to the campfire.
1: Yeah, but then they start a new song. An official video
0: no not an official music video but they could be treated that way
1: I don't they don't really play the whole, whole song though it's probably like two minutes of a song
0: it depends on the song but yeah you're right they don't always play the full thing but I think where I'm going with that is that the the musical artists that are in this are yeah. very big names mm-hmm and So the combination of having the top of the line surfers of the era, combined with top of the line music like Metallica and the Pixies, and um, who else? Midnight Oil. Midnight Oil and some of these other people, officially part of the soundtrack. Uh, It's weird that it doesn't have more eyes on it, or that it wasn't really, you know, it hasn't caught caught the mainstream wind that some of these other surfing movies might have. So I don't know. Maybe it's just because it might not have gotten a lot of distribution in the home video market. I'm not 100% sure that there's a VHS of this movie out in the wild. Uh, so that could be a big contributing factor is that not people not enough people were able to see it at the time and so it hasn't really gotten that word of mouth.
1: Right.
0: I guess the real question is, should it? The story, like I mentioned before, is not strong at all. You have this pack of kids and this older guy, Ian (laughs) Abercrombie, who's playing Uncle Robbie, who is supposed to be the adult version of Robbie Page, professional surfer, and the main person you follow along the individual segments. And he's basically just telling these kids... This is what life used to be like before the world, you know, forced us to live into a cave. Right. (laughs) It
1: it seemed like the world was dying in like a week. Yeah. Because they were like saying, oh, well, we're going to be dead. I don't know. It was very, uh, I feel like this movie should have been shown to kids in like middle school or high school to be like, hey, uh, the world's dying, <laughs> like it's... to teach kids about global warming.
0: Yeah, except it doesn't teach anything at all. Well, I mean, it's um, show.
1: I, I mean, y- you show the, the surfing, but like near the end, where it starts showing, like you know, all the pollution and like all the sea animals dying. Mm-hmm. It could be like some sort of educational movie. I that's what I was getting. I was like, this is a movie that I'm surprised I didn't watch when I was in school. Cause I used to watch like what weird educational stuff that was like shown, you know, like some days will be like a teacher will pop in a movie and it will be supposedly educational. Right. And I feel like this would have been one of those movies. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it definitely has a very kids movie vibe at times because the music. While you have like this rock of Metallica, and Pixies, and all these other people. Yeah. In the campfire segment, it's basically, the most generic kids oompa music you could possibly imagine. Yeah, when
1: he's talking to these kids, it's very. I I could have done without the entire, him explaining the kids. It doesn't. About work. surfing.
0: It's very heavy-handed, um, even though there's very little actual substance to it. It's mostly just saying. And then we went to
1: Africa, and
0: Africa. then it's and then like we went to Baja California, yeah, and, then, and then, we then we went to, to Mexico.
1: It's like these kids don't know the, if they're living in yeah. a cave in the they middle of nowhere. They'll be like, "Where the hell is?" Mexico, where's California? Where's Africa? (laughs) Like,
0: like we don't know what the coast of our own country looks like. Right. You know, we don't know what clean water looks like. So we don't know what the difference is between the different Mm -hmm. cities. (laughs) So it's, it's phrased like that for us, the audience, rather than from them. Because they're gonna, but they're all just like, yeah,
1: wow, and then they're they're like, tell us about the next place you went to, and then
0: they also ask stupid questions that lead into other segments, like, well, how old do you have to be to surf, Uncle Robbie? And then you know, it goes like yeah, to the they show of, like five-year-olds boogie boarding
1: and stuff. and stuff. It's like you yeah. can start at the age of zero or whatever.
0: It's it's <laughs> it's dumb, and you know they definitely tried to shoehorn some environmental messages in there to yeah. a degree, but they never reconcile the fact that this whole time their their professional surfers who are going on, you know, like a surfing Jeeps trip and jets to get from one place to another just to surf. Yeah. You know, so like they're...
1: Causing the, <laughs> the yeah, pollution. They're complaining In-
0: about there's way too many people on this beach and they're throwing their trash everywhere. So we took a private jet to this new location so we could find some clean waves. Good, okay. good yeah, message. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but isn't it sad that the dolphins are dead? Right. Yeah. yeah it, it's... it's um, I, I could do without it, and, and I think, honestly, like, the cinematography of those campfire sections is, is the worst, because it's really just pure orange. The entire thing is this really putrid orange color, uh, which does not lead to the appeal of that either, so you have these little kids who don't know how to act, because they're not trying to be professional actors, they're just whoever the director probably pulled in, including yeah, his own kid, I think like, I saw in the credits.
1: Oh, just said, some kid?
0: Yeah, like you had the same last name as the director. So I'm oh, assuming I that thought one it was of those just kids
1: <laughs> credit some kid. I <laughs> know,
0: <laughs> they they had names, but I don't think uh, that's the thing. Like IMDb <laughs> doesn't really have credits, but the the movie on on uh, Surf Network does, and I did not really look them all up individually, but I noticed that.
1: So he, he pulled his own
0: kid in. Yeah, I think he pulled his own kid and whoever else wanted to just say a line in front of the camera.
1: Like the kid's friends. Or yeah, whatever.
0: the only actual actor is Ian Abercrombie in this one. So, yeah, those sections are really just meant to make it so it has some sort of a story and that it's not just two hours of watching people surf in different locations.
1: I would have rather seen that. Like, just show dudes surfing or just people surfing and then you could have used the music because the music sort of told the story because a lot of the lyrics kind of yeah went along with the scenery
0: yeah yeah what was the first midnight oil song that was on there your green world is just about to end
1: yeah that's why i was like did they make these songs specifically for this movie
0: I don't think most of them did no i think they're just licensed from from that uh, record company electra i think it said on the poster uh but you know they found ones that fit the best right so the music works well uh the cinematography the beginning parts with actually surfing automatically looks great Uh, i think it kind of tapers off a bit near the middle where it's Mostly shots from the shore, looking out into the the, the sea or ocean, wherever it is. Um, but in the opening scenes, at least, you have a couple of underwater shots where you have people who are actually in the waves with the surfers, yeah, and that, more up that close cool. and underneath and everything, and it looks amazing, especially for like nineteen ninety one. I don't know how early that technology developed, but you know, I it just it's really interesting to watch that stuff know very up close you have some aerial views as well looking down to them i think what really hurts it to me is that i don't know anything about surfing so i don't know when they're performing good tricks or where it's just yep they managed to stay standing yeah it's like <laughs> they've
1: been on the board for longer than two seconds yeah like they didn't fall.
0: <laughs> good muscle control yeah Again, i don't know like i don't know what's fancy and what's not it's like oh yeah you're you're in the middle of that tube and now i mean you're yeah, that's not. Cool. It yeah, it just looks cool. I just don't know. It yeah, doesn't give me a sense as to how how good they are professionally because I just don't know anything about the tricks. And yeah, yeah. The narrator is not telling us anything about that. They're just No, cuz he's generic. explaining
1: to little children. He's not going to be like I did a 360. I don't even know any of the. Terms.
0: I mean, why not? Like, why not just say, yeah, and then we did the skate flip burial, <laughs> you know, whatever. And
1: did a 180, and, yeah. then, and whatever. <laughs> and then the kids will be like, what the hell is that?
0: At least with something like skateboarding, it's easier to tell when someone's doing something impressive because you can physically see the twists and the turns. You can see, you know, if they're doing yeah, ground tricks, you can see the manuals. Surfing, and the you're more trying
1: to just stay afloat and not fall into water.
0: Yeah, it's easier to focus more on the water movement rather than the person on the board. And so, you know, just the nature of waves interacting with everything else is is fascinating. And then to have the board, is kind of almost secondary in a sense to me, just when I'm looking at it. I think the other thing that hurts this movie is that they do have a lot of professional surfers in this movie, Mm -hmm. but we are not really introduced to them very well. A lot of the times it's like, Hey, my buddy Tom came with me on this one. Or here's my guy, Martin.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end with the credits, there was like 25 different names.
0: And and, mo- and, and several of the, world, if not all of the world champions from like a 15-year stretch mm-hmm. are in this movie. You got Kelly Slater making an early appearance. I don't know if he was mentioned by name at all, but he was in the credits. Mm-hmm. Martin Potter, Tom Curran, Tom Carroll. Names that some of you out there may know kelly slater i think is the biggest one to people of our generation just because he was the champion around that time and he had video mm-hmm. games sort of like tony hawk mm-hmm. had a pro skater he had pro surfer uh, so they're in there but when you you know like unless you know them by face already you're not gonna know who's yeah. who's like here's my buddy tom oh, okay cool hi tom i oh. yeah my my hi martin mark whatever i don't know uh so it would have been nice to have this be more accessible to the general public. Because if you're telling it sort of like a kid's story, treat the audience like kids in a sense and say, yeah, these guys are amazing. Here's who they are. Get to know them. Mm-hmm. You know, Give them a reason to understand who they are and why you should follow their careers if you found what they did interesting. But that doesn't happen. So instead you just get a bunch of home movies really uh or at least packaged like home movies yeah uh some of it's definitely like 16 millimeter film you can see a lot of artifacts on the edges of the screen like gate hairs and stuff like that here and there sometimes it's in black and white but rarely and you see them like goofing off in the fields with like sheep and kangaroos when they're in australia or when they're in la they show like some of the graffiti from, like, the Venice area, I think. Um, Yeah. You know, then,
1: like, when they're in, they went to South Africa, I think, and, you know, you see, like, they went to some safari where there's, you know, zebras and whatever running.
0: Yeah, giraffes, and they show brief shots of of tribes and things like that. They, they try to package them this with, like
1: interacting with them mm-hmm. with the locals i guess i mean them when they were in mexico you know they were Talking in to some little local kids local
0: selling off little
1: like trinkets and stuff
0: so i think they do a pretty good job of capturing the environments that they're in in hawaii also you get a lot of the, the vistas and the green lush
1: mm-hmm. foliage
0: along with the whatever um and then occasionally they do focus on the babes but rarely like especially like in the Hawaii segment they right. show some close ups of girls uh but generally it's solely focused on the surfing and like getting out there into the water yeah the and, like, scenery in the water happening. yeah i think honestly between this and dead silence where you know we had a movie that took place during spring break i think that movie probably had more babe shots or you know like Oh. But this one does. Yeah, people in bikinis. Yeah, yeah. And they also have a little bit of snowboarding as well, a little bit of bodyboarding. Right. So it's he a nice little mix down there.
1: To the kids, and then I even surfed on snow, and they're and like, kids, what? It's like, "Wow, like, I have do, no idea." What like, snow. do they know what snow <laughs> is? Because no. they live in a dirt cave, You're right? <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's why I was like, "Do these kids know that?" <laughs>
0: They they, I, I'm like, they it, pretend like they did do. They, have
1: they gone to school? Were they shown pictures and things? It seems like, you know, they're back in time. Like, it's literal caveman times where they don't even have, like, electricity or anything. Like, it's... Right. That's what the future is. It's like going backwards in time. It's like the earth is so dead that we have nothing now besides us living in caves.
0: Yeah because people were not nice to the ocean. Yes. I mean at the very beginning I think didn't the the text say it, there's 13 survivors left? Or at least in the So this it's area. him
1: and like five kids and then what else? I don't
0: know. Like the they rest showed of his there was like an adult woman at the very beginning who basically said, Uncle Robbie's going to talk to you now and then she leaves. Mhm. And then there's I don't know like 6 to 8 kids around this campfire. Yeah. Uncle Rob. So, like, where the hell did all these kids come from and why are you having so many freaking kids?
1: When the wor- the world is literally going to be... Unless you're really be...
0: trying to repopulate, I guess, this point. Yeah.
1: But... <laughs> so, but they were just like, oh, I guess we couldn't do it, so we're all going to die now?
0: I, guess, I don't know. The like way they don't that it was explain-
1: well, The way it was explained, like, in the beginning, it was like, the world is going to die soon. Yeah. So let me tell you the story when it was... <laughs> Good on Earth,
0: but yeah, they don't explain why. And then we talk
1: talk shit that like, oh, the human population ruined the Earth, so now we are all gonna die.
0: There were too many tourists at this spot, and so it got too dirty. And so that's bad.
1: They blame it on the tourists.
0: I mean, they do show some cutaway shots of, like, the natural disasters and the unnatural ones. Like, yeah. the oil spills that were very, you know, that yeah. was a big thing in 1991. The right Valdez um, yeah. thing. But, yeah, they don't really explain much about this life in 2040. Actually, they don't explain anything. They don't explain what they're doing for food. You know, you mentioned school. I don't think there is any school um, because who the hell's gonna teach these kids amongst like the four adults that are there? You know, what is their plan going for? You know, I would have liked a little bit more context if you're going to have this post-apocalyptic setting and these interstitials, flesh it out with something more than just what was surfing like at this part of the country, Uncle Robbie, And then what was surfing like in this other part of the country, Uncle Robbie.
1: It's, do they, well, I keep repeating myself. It's just like, how do they know about countries? Right. (laughs) If they, if their world is dying, that's why I was like, they, he probably, like, he's probably their teacher and he, he has told them things. <laughs> about the past, the hit the history of the, the, the history world. of
0: surfboards <laughs> and how they are and then it. they're
1: well you know like I historical know like any anything that happened during hit when he was alive to you know whatever when he yeah. was young up until now he's yeah. probably told them other stories besides about surfing or maybe he has before and they were like. Can you tell us the surfing story again?
0: Yeah, I mean, they kind of give the vibe this is meant to be something of a bedtime story Yeah. thing because it is nighttime with the, the campfire and whatnot, but whatever. And I wish, you know, if they were going to go in with this environmental message to explain things a bit more too. Like at one point they just say, yeah, this, this spot got too crowded and people started leaving their garbage and that was bad. And then they just kind of ignore the environmental message until the very end when they started showing yeah, images they... of the oil spill and like dead animals on the coast and whatnot which um and then they say yeah this great hot spell came because the world overheated and you know we gathered as much petrol as we could and we escaped the world before the gangs could get us and then basically end of story yeah. now we're in these caves yeah what happened so from who are these gangs <laughs> <laughs> I do like it's like it's this like, Mad Max scenario all of a sudden they right. don't show any of that of course because this is basically pro- because probably mostly like pre-existing footage that they just packaged into a surf movie
1: because it's like how many years when the okay so how many years have passed where the world is officially right um, been poisoned to 2049 when he's telling the story I don't know like did it happen that same year <laughs> that they were doing this surfing trip?
0: I mean it would have, that's what have it had to have been before the kids were, were born, born. But how far But the way ahead, he told
1: the know. story, it sounded as if it was like Yeah, like twenty to thirty years ago. Yeah, like it was in so, ninety one
0: or ninety two. Yeah, yeah.
1: Is when this movie came out. Which I feel like maybe that's what this I don't know if that's what this director was going for. Like, yeah, the world's going to be ending now. And then, like, this is the beginning of the end. And 2049 is, like, the end of the end.
0: Yeah. It, it, that's basically that's what like they're, his they're message trying to get this, to. It's like, if we don't do something now, then the world is going to be The world's going to
1: die in, like, 50 years. It, which and, <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, I mean we're. I mean, we're... <sighs>
0: Obviously, you know, nobody listened to the surf movie enough to to make the proper changes in the world.
1: No one listened to an inconvenient truth or anything. No one watched Firm Gully. I mean, there's like all kinds of movies. There's.
0: Like Earth. I almost said Surf Day. Earth Day was a very big thing in the early 90s.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. So. I was like. I was in like an Earth. Like a club for saving the Earth when I was younger
0: I don't know if I wasn't really part of any clubs so no I wasn't Uh, (laughs) but I mean there may have been like little projects at school where we had to like draw pictures or something maybe Uh,
1: Um, like we would try to plant trees or some shit
0: but I would you know watch the specials on tv and I, I remember there was the whole initiative of turn your lights out at a certain time on a certain day yeah that was earth day yeah yeah it's like you know that kind of stuff happened in our house too but you know what what can you really do as individuals but um that's a whole nother thing
1: (laughs) yeah earth day is coming up in a couple of like i think it's like april 24th or something like that oh so it's so coming up. Know. It's always in April at the end of April.
0: So maybe this episode will be out around that time? Yeah. Okay. So unintentional tie in once again possible. Um but yeah, I mean at the end, you know, Ian Abercrombie, Uncle Robbie looks at the camera and he says, We lost so much and he's like staring you down at the cameras like, Motherfucker, do something about this earth. Um, and then like end a movie. Yeah. But, I mean, everyone, yeah, everyone was saying that back then, too, so they didn't add to the conversation. This was, like, the beginning of of all, yeah,
1: this was, like, the beginning of all these types, because I remember watching, like, educational stuff like this about saving the planet and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't say anything about what you should be doing to help.
1: Yeah, not, I mean, he didn't say, no one recycled. I mean, I don't know if they knew that yet. It's like,
0: man, I didn't, I didn't dump a bunch of oil into the ocean. That's not my fault, man. Right. (laughs) <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I will the never corporations do Corporations
0: are the main source of pollution in this entire world. So, <laughs> make them watch your movie. Right. I didn't do it. <clears throat> That's really the movie. I mean, yeah. I, I, Here's here's the thing. Like this has probably the best soundtrack we've seen in a movie so far.
1: Yeah, I was looking for the soundtrack, because I was sound hounding all the songs, and I was like, I might as well just make my own playlist of all the songs that were on here. Yeah, Yeah, there's no soundtrack, because, I mean, it was really hard trying to find stuff for this movie, and I couldn't find that.
0: I don't think it got a wide release, which is really weird.
1: I mean, yeah, the music that they used for it was all good.
0: Maybe that's why it didn't get a wide release. They couldn't afford the like the licensing for, the licensing for, for all
1: these bands. Anything easy.
0: home video. I uh,
1: don't
0: know. I imagine it might have even been a struggle to do it for the streaming they, platform.
1: Oh, so you? Th- oh, okay, I get it. So you think? He, did the director use these songs without their permission?
0: No, I'm sure he got the permission. Oh, okay. But I'm saying, like, to release it on home video, that's probably a separate. Oh, so you gotta
1: pay. Yeah. Pay
0: again for home video. And then yeah. And and then for streaming, that's a different. Like on DVD too. Yeah,
1: streaming and all that
0: stuff. So that's probably where the money might have fallen apart, and it didn't get the distribution. Yeah, because the music is so.
1: Like how much? I think maybe I saw like it was like half a million dollars. For the budget? Yeah. Okay. I think.
0: It's hard to imagine it would have made that much money back because they really just went on a road tour with this movie. Yeah. They had like posters saying- California. California, and then it did go other places because I saw other ads with flyers of it being showcased in like D.C. in December and some other places too. Mm. So it was something of a traveling showcase for a little while, Um, but I don't know how widespread that was. But it's, it's hard to imagine that they would have made their money back um, or would have made enough to release it on home video without replacing the soundtrack, which they probably were not willing to do. That's really, yeah, that's really all we got on this, I think, unless you have other thoughts. It's a very yeah. simple movie, a lot of surfing, so much so that I kind of tuned out a little bit.
1: It kind of, like, mellowed me out, but then, like, when they started showing all the dead animals, I I started crying, because I was like, I can't see. Anything with dead, especially sea animals, I'm automatically crying. Like, dead dolphins, if you want to make me cry, show me a dead dolphin.
0: Sure.
1: (laughs) Okay, So then I was, like, crying at the end. So it
0: it worked on you in that. that I mean, it
1: worked. I mean, I've seen this stuff when I was younger. That's why I was in earth club when I was like 12. Yeah.
0: But yeah, in terms of like the surfing action itself, it just does kind of get a little bit repetitive, but the soundtrack, you know, it's it's a good background movie, I think. So, yeah. Uh, Let me talk really quickly about some of the cast and crew here. There's no awards to speak of, of course, no box office performance that we have available to us. Um, and very little in terms of cast so we have Ian Abercrombie as, as our lead uh, and really the only credited actor he's also going to be in 1991 movie Zandali and Puppet Master 3 he does a lot of like bit parts he's like a lot of you know dig- dignitaries and butlers old man major D's that's the type of role he typically plays he's been in stuff like Ice Pirates he was uh, the voice of Alfred Pennyworth in the Birds of Prey TV show which is a cartoon series based off of, you know, the DC uh, villain cohort. Okay. And then also he's the voice of Palpatine and Darth Sidious in the Clone Wars TV show. Scott Dittrich? Dittrich? I don't know how how to pronounce it, honestly. He has done a couple other movies. He was the director of Freewheeling back in 1976, starring Stacey Peralta, who was one of the, I don't know, forefathers of skateboarding. You know, he's, he's one of the original skateboarders. Uh, he also did a movie called Asian Paradise in 1984, and he wrote a movie called Extreme Surfing, which Warren Miller directed. So he's in the extreme sports space as well, and he has a little bit of pedigree, which is another reason why I'm a little surprised this doesn't have more of a presence in, in the world. Robbie Page, the surfer who is in most of this, Uh, He was in Waiting for the Wave, High Water, and North Shore, basically as a surfer, you know. Uh, He's also in a 1980s, uh, I'm sorry, North Shore was a 1987 surfing movie that also starred Nia Peoples. So he does, he just done a little bit of acting work, but all as like surfing stuff. And I do want to mention a couple of the cinematographers. There's actually like six of them that were listed there. Mm. But I'm only going to touch on a couple of them. Just to mention that, you know, they found good names for these people who know their stuff. So we have Larry Haynes, who's done Searching for Tom Curran, who also does appear in this movie. The 1998 version of Blue Crush. So that's not a fictional movie like the one you might have seen in the early 2000s. This is a pure surfing movie. And then also Heavy Water. You have Derek Hoffman. He's a camera operator on things like Hawaii Five O, 0 Survivor. Uh, he's been doing that for years upon years, and that team has four Emmy nominations because of their cinematography work on Survivor. Uh, Are You the One? He did the 2015 version of Point Break. Surf Girls, Boarding House, and Fiberglass and Megapixels. You know, so he's well entrenched in terms of like the underwater cinematography stuff. That's his specialty and does quite well in that. And then the lead cinematographer is Pat Darren. You might know his work from movies such as Thrashin, which is a skateboarding movie, Gleaming the Cube, Police Academy 4, which has actually some skateboarding segments. I think that's one of Tony Hawk's first uh, appearances on film. And he's also done stuff like music videos for outcast. He did the Miss Ma- Jackson, uh, video, mm-hmm. black crows, the savage garden. I want you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, and then also a movie called freewheeling. So he's done some stuff. Uh, so you have really good cinematographers putting this whole thing together. And that's one of the main reasons to watch that. If not the only reason to watch this. So we can move on to true crime and pop culture now.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to talk about Robbie Page.
0: The lead surfer. The
1: lead surfer in this movie. In 1992, Robbie, who was 26 at the time, was heading on a trip to Japan following a Spanish leg of some world tour he was in. It was for the marui pro m-a-r-u-i pro tour and upon landing in tokyo he was pulled aside by customs who found several tabs of acid left over in his wallet page has forgot which he forgot that he put them in there okay so his punishment was 66 days in jail And 30 of which was spent in solitary confinement. And while he was in prison, you know, the world tour was in Chiba, Japan, which was like a few hours away from Tokyo. Mm -hmm. He couldn't, he couldn't even, he could not compete in this. And he was also given an 18 month ban from the competition voted by his fellow tour surfers and then according to this author from this website it's from surf Europe okay um many of those in favor of the ban were themselves partial to the occasional illicit substance so and then a quote from rob he said i was just out of a solitary box And I sat there with tears in my eyes and said, don't try and throw me off the tour. They, he continues, they looked me in the eyes and voted me off the tour and it blew me away. So he wasn't able to compete after that. But then this is, I thought this was interesting because last month or last week we talked about in the money episode. About the French president, Francois Mitterrand. Yeah. And so four months later, Robbie Page was living in the house of French president Francois Mitterrand <laughs> who's he started dating his granddaughter.
0: Interesting. Uncle Robbie did not tell any of these stories. Yeah, he didn't talk yeah,
1: he didn't talk <laughs> about him getting uh arrested in japan for 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 forgetting that he had acid in his wallet yeah the the japan stop of
0: this world tour was conveniently missing from the movie
1: yeah (laughs) yeah they didn't show any asian countries i don't think so on tv this was uh june 4th 1991 was a tuesday so on abc you had who's the boss head of the class Roseanne, Coach, and then China Beach. Do you remember China Beach?
0: I do know of China Beach. I never watched it. Me neither. It was. It definitely seemed like it was going to be too adult for my it, tastes. Yeah, I. It was like a soap I opera remember, in the what Vietnam War was it?
1: Yeah, it was like Korean a war? I don't remember the Vietnam war. war, and it just it's kind of like a mixture of like mash, but with like Baywatch. Yeah. I just it went on for four seasons and it ended in nineteen ninety one. Sexy
0: and serious. Yeah. And deep. Yeah.
1: But that was on. I just remember seeing commercials for it, and I and.
0: I I would have tuned in to head of the class, but not China Beach.
1: Right. I would have. Yeah. This whole entire lineup, I would have been watching. I would have been watching Who's the Boss. Yeah head of the class, Roseanne. Probably not Oh yeah, definitely Roseanne. Probably not coach.
0: Yeah, I wasn't big into coach either.
1: Yeah. Um, On CBS was a Rescue 911, and then on NBC was Matlock, In the Heat of the Night, which we've spoken about Mm -hmm. before. That's that cop drama with Mm -hmm. Carol O'Connor. And then after that is a show just called C. Everett Coop. Do you know who C. Everett, Everett Coop
0: is? He was an attorney general, right? Yes. But is this a show, or is this just like a special?
1: I had like to look it up, because I was like, why just use your name? <laughs> like a TV mo- movie It was a, So C. Everett Coop, he was the... 13th Surgeon General of the oh, United Surgeon States. Surgeon General, yeah. yeah. I said attorney. Oh, so yeah, the Surgeon General of the United States. He was under President Ronald Reagan and um, George H.W.
0: Bush. Had the chin beard only.
1: Yes. And that he was the Surgeon General from 1982 to 1989. He's mostly well-known. He's probably the only, like, well-known Surgeon General due to his fumbling onset of the spread of hiv aids oh that's what he's i i just remember <laughs> he was
0: a very public presence and i think it was mostly because of his anti-smoking and anti-drugs like he would appear in those yeah he, so he, he was he made he was known like for a his presence
1: yeah he was known for his work on the the tobacco use and then also abortion
0: i was too young to know about
1: Abortion. Yeah,
0: yeah, his work with that and also HIV. I would have known him from watching TV commercials as a kid with Mm -hmm. anti-smoking messages.
1: Anyway, he had his own show. I looked it up. It's just like a six-part documentary series that just had his name as the title. And I don't know. It just, it doesn't even say the name of this episode. And it was probably just, like, you know, him probably doing an episode about not smoking. I don't know. So it was a... It was a one-hour show on NBC. It was a NBC. documentary,
0: like, series, basically. Yeah. yeah. It lasted for six weeks.
1: And eight million people watched.
0: Hmm. I wonder if it went through, like, his, yeah, toils and tribulations oh, to a degree.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. And I have some popular video games that were around. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, the, the, only, uh, <laughs> the only experience I know of surfing is from playing like California games and TNC surf design. <laughs>
1: so the video games that were popular in June of 1991, I'm going to name the Game Boy games.
0: All right. I wonder how many have I played already.
1: Blaster Master Jr.
0: Uh, there's one called Blaster Master Boy. Is that the same thing?
1: I don't know, it says Blaster Master Jr. was popular around this time. And then there there is... I
0: think, it. sorry, I think it is Blaster Master Boy in the U.S.
1: Oh, and then Japan is
0: Jr.? Yeah. Okay.
1: And then also it's Final Fantasy Legends 3.
0: I have not played that one. I've only played the first one so far.
1: And then I think we spoke about this like a while ago, but the Bill and Ted's Excellent Video Game Adventure that was on NES... That was also
0: Yeah, we did talk popular. about that back in the day. And then
1: also Bible Adventures. I okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. I never played that one either.
1: I think Earth. I think we had that like in school.
0: There's there's quite a few Bible <clears throat> games that were released by a company called Wisdom Tree. And so uh, I'm not sure if that was one of them. I don't remember if they did that. But yeah, there's like a lot of unlicensed Bible games on NES and Game Boy and then
1: moving on to the billboard 100 i'm going to do the the bottom five that's as of june 8th 1991 and then number 100 is bitter tears by in excess it's i mean i know I feel like
0: it we just recently heard that on Oh, on, Sound like, radio. satellite radio? Yeah. It's,
1: it's, I thought you were going to say I thought we recently heard it, because I was like, we just did, because I always listen <laughs> you to play, them, yeah, you played I played it, you know. like, five minutes before we started, and I was like, yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's probably, yeah, played on the, the 90s serious channel. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, like, another version of, like, Suicide Blonde. It kind of sounds like that.
0: Except like more except, generic.
1: Except him saying "bitter tears. I know yeah. I've heard this song before, yeah. but it was just like, okay. That was on the charts for ten weeks, and it peaked at number forty-six. Hmm. Number ninety-nine was "Sadness Part One" by Enigma, and yeah, I used to, I have this on CD. I used to play the crap out of
0: enigma <laughs> anybody who watched tv what well, that was probably one of the movie or one of the songs that was part of those compilation commercials probably like I, pure you moods probably, or yeah, something you probably heard a snippet of that during a pure moods commercial yeah but
1: I, I i had the cd and i used to listen to the cd a lot and um that was on 18 weeks on the chart and it peaked at number five at some point and then, number 98, I've never heard this song until, honestly, before, right before we were recorded, is, it's a, it's an R&B song called Something In My Heart by Michelle A. I don't know. I don't know. I did not know it until I heard it, and I was like, oh, okay, it's just, you know, like a basic r sh- song.
0: Is it Michelle A. Or is it one word, Michelle Lay?
1: So it's M-I-C-H-E-L apostrophe L-E. Ah. So Michelle Lay.
0: Ah, okay.
1: I don't know anything about her, so I no. feel bad. <laughs> well,
0: well, we'll find the video and put yeah, it we'll, on the website. Yeah, we'll have
1: the video up. It's That was 22 weeks on the chart, and it peaked at number 31. Hmm. And then at num- number 97, we've talked, like, this song has been on the charts about the same amount of time as Everything I Do, I Do It For You. It's One More Try by Timmy T. Okay. Like, that That was, like, number one at some point yeah, and earlier in the year. So now it's just, like, it, That's tw- it's been on the charts for 25 weeks, and it did peak at number one.
0: I feel like that's a song that's kind of been lost to time. Like it, it doesn't get much play, even though it's a. I would one listen song. to
1: this song more than everything I do. I I do oh, it for a lot you. Of these songs I would
0: listen to more <laughs> than the Brian Adams song. I'm just saying that doesn't really get the play time that other non number one hits from the era gets. Yeah,
1: like the only Which time that you would hear this is if they did the top forty for whatever for 1990 or 91. Yeah. On Sirius that's the only time i would hear this song
0: it's it's so weird to think about how some hits have staying power and some just don't
1: yeah and then number 96 is the song how much is enough by the fix i did not i've never heard this song until an hour ago i have no
0: idea yeah i don't know if i know any of their songs other than one thing leads to another
1: they're saved by zero
0: i'd have to hear it to know if i know it
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, i'm not i'm not gonna
0: no that's fine but yeah i don't i don't recognize that one either
1: Th- those are the only two songs i both know by the fix and i didn't even know they made more music after that so. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyways that was um 11 weeks in the chart and it, it peaked at number 35
0: so on to rankings and ratings uh where on your one to five star scale would you put rolling thunder
1: I mean, I mean, I was going through, like, a two or a three, and mainly because, like, the cinematography is good, the music is good, and then, I mean, you get the message. Yeah. But I think I'm just gonna give it a two. I kind of wished it was just, like, a documentary.
0: Yeah, I wish... I honestly probably would have preferred to see more home movie stuff in there to use as I, the yeah, buffers yeah just show me all the campfires yeah, yeah
1: like the blooper reels of like your the the good and bad times of surfing
0: yeah you know i'm cool and watching play you cool music hang and around then... with your friends yeah <laughs> and, you know have them steal your clothes and you're running around and naked or whatever the hell so what happened in that one scene and oh you know, and then that one guy who ate
1: something bad and he had to run to the bathroom yeah like these little
0: silly bits like that's yeah. fine like just throw some of that stuff in there that'd be cool um I, I, i'm on the same wavelength it, yeah night.
1: i just i hated the storytelling from the little kids being like and then what yeah. it was just too cheesy like that that was too cheesy and it was annoying me and all i wanted to see was like the pretty scenery. And then, I mean. And some cool tricks. You yeah, know, cool we don't tricks. Really know what the cool tricks look it's like. It's kind of like watching, you know. I don't know if they had this, like, on the. I forgot what channel it was that did, like, all the BMX bike stuff.
0: Like, ESPN 2? Yeah. Back in the day. Like,
1: this should have been shown on, like, ESPN 2. Yeah. Because I, I would have watched it.
0: Yeah, that would have been a good place for it back when they were doing their extreme sports stuff. Now it's just, like, extra college football or whatever. Yeah. Um, on my zero to four-star scale, I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I was thinking about doing, like, two and a half or even maybe three just because of, like, some of the structure and, like, the cinematography and the music and, you know. It's entertaining, but I think the other stuff really pulls it down. I'm going to give it a two, just a straight middle-of-the-road two, because it doesn't tell us enough about the surfers like I don't I don't know any of them now I don't even know Robbie page now
1: but I don't think that was supposed to be the message I think it was just I, gonna be like hey we had a we had a good life on this good planet and we're fucking it up
0: it and now we're gonna both. die
1: so I don't...
0: there's there's plenty of time to tell both stories to yeah say, I guess here's, so. here's who me and my friends were and also this is why it's sad that everyone's gone is because of this yeah. relationship, and they just don't do that. And the message was kind of shoehorned in, it just didn't really fit. So it's a solid two. Uh, every movie's worth watching once. Would you watch this again?
1: I don't, I mean, yes and no. If it was on (laughs) ESPN2. But I don't even watch that channel at all. Like, if it was on some extreme sport channel, then yes. But I don't think it's going to be played anywhere, so no, I wouldn't.
0: You know, I mean, I think if I had access to it on a regular basis, I think it would be good to have as a background movie. I think that's where its place lies, because... You don't have to pay a whole lot of attention to this. Yeah. You can just kind of tune out the the story bits. You have a good soundtrack playing in the background. And if you want to look up and watch some surfing for a couple minutes, you got that. So I think that's sort of, you know, that that's its niche mm-hmm. it is, as a background movie. That's the only reason I would probably watch it again. Otherwise, I'd try to find some other surf movies. I'd watch Freewheelin, I'd watch, you know and some of these other Warren Miller stuff to see how it compares instead. But if you out there do want to watch Rolling Thunder, as of this recording in April 2022, it's available on the Surf Network, which is available through Amazon Prime, and maybe VHS. As always, check your local listings. You can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at 1991movierewind at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Letterboxd. Just search 1991 Movie Rewind or go to 1991MovieRewind.com for the full list of movies, along with show notes and more. So now, with Rolling Thunder, we've gotten the April showers out of our system. We're going to go into the May flowers. Next week with Wildflower. That's available on Tubi, Vudu, IMDb TV, Digital Rental, VHSM DVD. We will see you.